0: Hey, DM listeners, I've been running my own business since I was 17, and I found that nothing slows down entrepreneurs more than this one pesky question, and that's what do I do next? And left unanswered, you find yourself stuck far below your potential, jumping from one shiny object to the next, perpetually wondering why other businesses are growing and yours is stuck. So that's why Scalable has put together the seven levels of scale framework. We'll give you the shortest path possible to go from a struggling startup to a high profit, high impact exitable business that'll give you the wealth and freedom you deserve. So stop wondering what to do next and take our free three-minute assessment today at getscalable.com slash DM. That's getscalable.com slash DM. And you can download a free guide to show you what level of scale you're currently at and how you can scale quickly and profitably to the next. Coming up next on the Digital Marketer Podcast.
1: And I mean, I actually had a client a few years ago where I they were a longtime client. I had them 10 years and never really paid attention. And I'm like, wait a second. For the past two years, I literally have been paying to, to, for the opportunity to do his accounting. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I went to him and I said, hey, here's, here's the new price. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, I don't want to pay to do your accounting anymore. So I, I wish you well.
2: Hey, it's Mark e. Grass here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? and he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash marketer. That's getemails.com slash
1: marketer. So it's okay to let a client go if if my labor and my overhead were more than, I mean, it only took four or five hours to do as accounts, but when we got done, I was still losing about $120 a month every time I did it. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. So yes, there's, there's revenue coming in. So it, it looked like there was a decrease in the revenue side, but my net profit went up because now my staff was able to, to do more. to mark them.
3: Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm Mark DeGrasse, president of Digital Marketer, and today I have Ron Allen, the founder and CEO of Exigo Business Solutions. And today we're going to be talking about kind of how to manage your, manage your numbers as an agency or consultant or you know just a, a gig person doing marketing, which is something that I think a lot of us fail to do, and Ron is going to help convince us to do it right. So
1: welcome, Ron. Thank you very much for having me, Mark. I really appreciate it.
3: All right, so let's just jump into you know the fact that the majority of small businesses that fail it ends up being a cash flow situation, and you know for, from just what I've read about you, a know, profit situation. So, uh, why do you think that kind of occurs, and people kind of ignore the the accounting side of of running a business?
1: Going back from watching my dad work, I can remember him getting really frustrated and confused because he didn't understand his numbers, which which led to not being able to spend time with his family because he was trying to get the numbers right. And so I think just the lack of clarity and the lack and, and just the frustration, and because you get so frustrated, you, you don't want to focus on things that, that you don't understand, so then people just push it aside. And so I, that, that's why we exist is to help you understand that and, and get that clarity. John Wesley once said, "Get all you can without hurting yourself, your soul or others save all you can, cutting out every needless expense, and give all you can. And if you really look at that, that's actually the accounting equation. You have your revenue, which is getting, you have your saving, which is expenses, and then you have your giving, which is your profit or, or what you want to do with, with that. So I think looking at it in a different mindset might help people get more excited about being able to experience profit and what understanding your numbers can actually do for your agency.
3: That's awesome. Yeah, I think, you know, putting that kind of emotional side into the math, because I think for a lot of people are like, I'm not good at math. And they kind of associate that with doing the books, versus this is how you're going to make all the time and effort you're putting into your business worth it. Because I think just from, you know, having my own agency, it's the, the survival mode. That's, it's hard to get past that but after a few years if you you're luckily enough to survive you will start to realize that you can never start to scale unless you get the numbers behind you so i know you've dealt with a lot of small businesses how do you kind of you know convince them like hey you, you are in a survival mindset and we need to kind of break you out of that
1: number one is you're you're constantly looking at your bank and can I, can I pay this next expense because there's no margin, there's no reserves, there's no safety net. We're just living paycheck to paycheck, even though we're a business owner, we're, there's no structure to what we're doing. And when I look at John Wesley's quote, get all you can without hurting yourself, your soul, or others, I think I'm like, all right, well, companies need to understand, one, their capacity. And understand their overhead, but then they also need to understand their pricing. And even more so in 2021 was the year of inflation. So are you jumping ahead of that in 2022? So that I was just at the convenience store going to get my my daily caffeine dose. And there's a sign that said, Hey, we're raising our prices. Now they didn't say 20%. They just said, here's the new price, but it's 20%. And I'm like, I didn't get a 20% raise. Did you get a 20% raise? <laughs> so everything is going up. Um, gas has gone up, and and our I'm in the Midwest, and it's still cheap, but we're still up to three dollars. Two years ago, we were we were under two dollars. Oh. So that 30 to 40% increase, or I guess 300% increase, depending on how you want to do the math, is, is affecting small businesses because they haven't adjusted their pricing. If, if you have to replace an employee, mm-hmm. that employee cost is significantly higher to, to well, one, can you find someone? But then two, if you can find them, they're going to be de- demanding significantly more. So are you adjusting your pricing so that you're ahead of that curve so that when you do have to bring on or that new contractor who, who's charging more, are, are you ready to, to withstand that hit in your business and- and so, I think you know, 2022 the key should be getting your pricing right.
3: Well, and I think for you know marketers especially, is it's not like hey, you know, I make this widget and the widget costs this much, and then I have to ship it, it costs that much, and you kind of come up with your your profit margin there. With marketers, you have you know maybe a retainer, maybe it's a gig, but you don't know how long the gig's going to take, and there's all these different abstract factors that. You know, especially if you haven't structured your business or your service offering very well, you just don't know what it's going to cost. So what would you kind of suggest to, to marketers specifically, like how should they come up with their profit margin just to get started and start to realize, like, maybe I'm not charging enough.
1: So first, whether you are a, a solopreneur or you're an agency, understanding your overhead, what, what, is, what does it cost you to live and to operate as, as the owner. So if if you want to make $100,000, and again, I'm just gonna use generic math because I can add up one and twos pretty quick. So if you're making $100,000 and your rent's $15,000 and your, your other office internet tools, those things are $20,000 a year. You're, you're, you get up to where you're $150,000 as, as your overhead cost, that just pays you and pays your your operating expenses. Now, when you look at a at a job and you have to add a contractor, well, that contractor is charging you hundred dollars an hour, and you have fifteen thousand dollars a month in in overhead. Take that by by your your working. Let's say that that's an additional. Now, you know, you have to have 183 just to cover costs. And now now you still need to add on some percentage so that you can be profitable so that you can experience profit. So it's it's simple math. It's understanding your overhead and and what it takes you to just maintain your operations and then adding in your labor cost, um, whether it be internal or external, and then adding in that profit that you want so that that you can sustain
3: so do you think it's better to go from that kind of business holistic view where i'm saying okay here's my annual expenses here's my annual in and then you kind of breaking that down to the individual service offering because i i always thought it backwards where it was just like how do i you know calculate you know i used to do website design so how do i calculate how long it's going to take me to do a website like where are the expenses with that specific Transaction. Do you suggest going holistic for the whole business first, and then kind of breaking it down to the, the lower level, or what's the what's the procedure for that?
1: I, I I think you have to do both. I I understanding your overhead cost. So, if you have an administrative assistant or a VA, or if your wife's helping you, or th- they need to be paid for their time as well, and that's just an overhead. So yeah. understanding just that. And so, let's say that you have, use my calculator real quick, you have three people working in your office that that can do it, and they're working 160 hours a week. You have a capacity of 480 hours. So, then you would take that, and again, let's just use the easy math, 150,000 divided by 12, divided by the, what was it, 480. We know that $26 is, is the number just to keep the doors open as, as a high level operationally. Mm-hmm. Now, you still have to go into what does it cost me? How long is that website gonna take me? And what it, what are my employee expenses for that? What are my contractor expenses for that? And the other miscellaneous licenses for, for images, all of that, you add that and let's say that you're like, okay, it's gonna take me 10 hours. So you take all your other, but then, you know, all right, I still have $260 of overhead that I need to put on top of that to cover my cost. And I think that looking at both sides as a holistic view will keep you. Yeah, keep you
3: thinking about profits, right? Well, I think for for the individual business owner, I I think it's easy to not calculate your cost, right? Because you're you're doing a lot of the work, probably, especially if you're a startup or solopreneur where you you know, just say, yeah, I'm, I'm profitable. Like I, I made a hundred thousand dollars this year and my costs were $50,000. So it's 50,000 profit, but they haven't accounted for their own time. Right. So, you and know, do you kind of tell people like, Hey, take a salary or calculate it like that? Or how do, how do you,
1: my recommendation is put what you want to earn as a business owner and that overhead cost. So if, again, if you want to make a hundred thousand and you have $50,000 worth of of normal expenses, your overhead is 150, and now that 26 dollars, again divided by all of the people in your in your based on the three, is included, and and now you're you're covering that.
3: So let's talk about the you know raising prices. So we had inflation. You know I think one of the the most difficult thing for you know marketing. Let's say the marketing um, company has actually made it through the first year, which is incredible. You know these <laughs> days. And now they're thinking, okay, you know, I know I'm not charging enough because I'm spending, I'm working 100 hours a week, but I don't know how to raise my prices. Do you, how do you suggest getting over that hump where people are scared because they're like, well, if I raise my prices, I'm going to get less clients, or people aren't just aren't going to buy it if I raise my prices. Do you have a, kind of a methodology of getting people over that that price raise hump?
1: Part of it, I believe, is psychological. Just just mentally knowing that that you're worth more if if you have an existing client on a retainer and and now that you do this math you're like wait a second i'm actually losing money having this client on on board then do you really want to pay them to do their work oh. and i mean i actually had a client a few years ago where i they were a long time client i had them 10 years and never really paid attention. And I'm like, wait a second, for the past two years, I've literally have been paying to, to for the opportunity to do his accounting. I'm like this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I went to him and I said, Hey, here's here's the new price. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, I don't want to pay to do your accounting anymore. So I, I wish you well. So it's okay to let a client go if, if my labor and my overhead were more than, I mean, it only took four or five hours to do his accounts. But when we got done, I was still losing about one hundred and twenty dollars a month every time I did it. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. So yes, there's yeah. there's revenue coming in. So it it looked like there was a decrease in the revenue side, but my net profit went up because now my staff was able to to do more. That's awesome. Um, for but so
3: it's just a tough uh tough thing to do but i think that's that's why it's kind of that transition from the the survival to okay now let me get serious i think it's just just part of the the growth cycle right like you have that your business model can make any money right the dog food test and then you go okay now how do i make this worth all of my time and you know potentially for me like as a a business owner before where I had sold my business, that was always my goal. Like how do I make my business sellable? And I think the biggest thing that, that people who are looking to buy a business look at is profits, right? right. And and you have to incorporate your cost into that if you I mean, really I, want
1: and, to sell. And if you're just starting out, you're probably not going to be able to go and, and mandate a five hundred thousand dollar salary. You could saying most likely not you don't have the the references you don't have the credentials so when you're creating that overhead number you you need to make sure that it's that it's realistic as well you mm-hmm. just can kind of like oh wait a second i i want to pay raise i i feel i'm worth two hundred thousand dollars a year you might be but you probably need to graduate that up over time as as you do to get more staff and and again i do like People working for me because then they're buying me time now I'm able to divide that overhead by by more people, mm-hmm. and so I'm able to keep that that overhead cost lower so if I went from three people to, to six people, well now my overhead cost is now only thirteen dollars an hour that I have to add on to that because mm-hmm. it's still one hundred and fifty that I have to cover, but now I'm able to d- divide that by more hours or, or by more projects. So as, as you grow, you're able to, to, to maintain those costs a little bit as well. That's awesome.
3: Well, i am able to allocate that profit to automation and, you know, same buying your time back because I right. think that's one thing that people, you know, if you've been a startup for long enough, there, there is a day you come to realize like, you know, if I equated this, I'm getting paid $5 an hour because I work, 120 hours a week and i pay myself a thousand dollars a month you know this is this is ridiculous right
1: but again and, and that's the reason why it, it's we we use we use marketing services to to help us market and, and grow our business and it's probably wise for you to get some trusted advisors to help you understand your numbers so that you can not be worth five dollars an hour but be <laughs> worth what you're actually benefiting the clients so i think that that it's, it's a mindset and it's hard when you first start out, but I don't go do my own electrician and I don't do my own plumbing now because one, it takes me 10 times longer and I probably screw it up anyways. (laughs) I I think that that does
3: lead to the accounting side of it, because I think for small business owners, if you're just always dealing with other small business owners, and even if you have a, a business coach, you know, it's embarrassing saying that I'm, Yes, I'm. You can be a six or even seven figure, you know, agency, but your profits can be nothing, <laughs> and that's not that's not crazy. And so you don't like sharing that information with people. You just talk about that that revenue number instead of instead of profitability, and you know, you feel better. But I think, like you were saying, you know, if you really want to be happy with your profits, then you'll you'll be giving as well as you know taking from what you're making. So I think that's super helpful.
1: I, I think that. Good accountants or, or good advisors are, are just, I mean, marketing, you want a positive ROI and that helps justify your cost. Well, the same goes with us. Our goal is that that we're an asset, not an expense to our clients. Mm-hmm. So if we're charging $16,000 a year through tax planning, through helping you understand your numbers, through helping you understand pricing. We, we more than pay for ourselves. Um, at the end of the year. And so finding advisors like that, I think, help you get over that frustration and and lack of clarity, but can also help you take your business to the next level. Um, Well, and
3: and the neat part of that is, especially with the service, because, you know, even a business like digital market, we've been around for 11 years, like we'll still do our quarterly planning, pull up the numbers and then find out you know, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, maybe a product line is way more profitable than you thought it was. And maybe another one is way less profitable than you thought it was. And then it just makes everything way, you know, the t- decision making, especially projects for say the next quarter are much easier to, to decide on because you know, okay, this is going to make me profit. This is going to take me three times as long and be less profitable or not profitable. And that just that one decision that you can make there on a regular basis is, you know very very helpful so i'm a bit actually i'm married to an accountant, so i i get
1: it <laughs> yeah and and that and and which goes into what john wesley said on his second point save all you can actually having that budget and budgets are pretty easy to to do you just take your pnl by by month and you see what you spent last year do we need those same expenses so Reviewing what can we cut, but even looking that on a project or a product basis, you can also see, hey, you know what? I am doing website designs, but we're not we're not profitable like we are with our SEO. Mm-hmm. Why are we spending so much money advertising something that we make one percent on, when we should be advertising something that we're making forty percent on? So those budgets and understanding those can really help know where you should be putting your time effort as well as money to to advertise those that's awesome
3: well and especially with the advertising side because you know as marketers we know the value of advertising because we do it for our own businesses but you know it's the only way to get the, a lot of those other businesses off the ground you know we're all about quick wins it's kind of what we try to do especially when you're starting up with a new client like you want to get them that win and paid ads are usually the thing that most small businesses i've seen are missing. You know where they haven't actually done any any advertising, and they have zero budget for it.
1: Um, so, if if I could, I, I think that this is a missed opportunity with most most marketers not understanding the accounting. Any aspect of being able to have that conversation with a client and saying where where where's the bulk of your revenue coming. And why aren't we putting the bulk of our advertising on that versus something that's not profitable for you? And, mm-hmm. and actually being able that advisor to your clients because you have that knowledge and you have that understanding, I think also helps you yeah. solidify those wins because now they're seeing their actual profit rise, not just their top line.
3: Well, I think with, with the best marketing companies that they are taking the client, not just from, hey, what product line do you want to sell? And okay, let's go ahead and sell it. But you know, the whole journey we call it the customer value journey, I'm sure anybody listening to this often has heard that before, but it's taking that, that awareness, you know, some person who's never dealt with your business ever or heard of it and taking them from a trend that to a transaction to being an advocate that actually sends you more business. Right. And I think if you can do that with your clients and incorporate that budget aspect, then it just makes everything, you know, so much easier. And even in the onboarding process, if you just went to your client and said, hey, you know, what's your most profitable product line or service offering? And then they they have to step back and say, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Or hopefully they know it. And then even though they came to you for selling some new product, but you say, hey, you're not spending any advertising on this product that actually makes money currently, you know, then you already proved your value. So I think that's Exactly. That will make accounting sexier, which is why people avoid it most of the time. <laughs> which, Well, profits are sexy, right?
1: But again, and then finally, the give all you can experience the profit. So when when you have your pricing aligned and, and you have your expenses aligned, you, you will experience profit. And we are profit first professionals. So we, we believe in taking that pre-allocated amount and putting it aside into a separate account. And even if it's 1%, and, and it ends up being $5 or $10 at the end of the quarter. But going in and, and even just taking two hours and going and enjoying a, a latte or a, a cup of ice cream just to experience, hey, this is what our efforts are doing and this is what we can continue to do. So then and as you grow, then you can get up to the Disney cruise at the concierge level and or the new deck or whatever your r- real goals are. but experience start learning to experience the fruit of your your work and that labor every quarter by taking half of that profit and just enjoying it not oh. putting it back into the business all the time because then that's not profit that's additional paid in capital and that's not that's not getting you where you want to go and it doesn't help you get that mindset of wow this is enjoyable i want to do more
3: Exactly. No, and I think that's that's a a huge tip because it is easy, you know, especially if you're like, no, I'm all about growth. I have a 10 year goal of whatever. And then you just keep on pushing the profits back in and maybe you take enough to survive personally. But at the end of the day, how much harder are you going to work because you just got that new thing you wanted based on profits versus, you know, constantly just holding off and sacrificing and, and never getting that reward. So okay. I think even from an accountant perspective, that's pretty unique that you would suggest that.
1: <laughs> I, I, again, I, I, every once in a while, i watch Shark Tank, especially when I'm on a flight and there's nothing else on. And I constantly hear those guys saying that, no, you need to invest. In, money's at the back end. For less than a fraction of a percent of companies, yes, you will get paid those millions of dollars. But right now, you can be profitable and and you can experience profit as you continue to grow. And so I completely disagree with with what they're promoting out there of you don't have to be profitable the first 5 years. Be profitable the first 5 years. There, yeah. There's there's and quite frankly I want you to pay more taxes next year than you did this year. Mhm. No,
3: I I think that's that's such practical advice because you do get, you know, you watch the Shark Tanks and I always Talk about it like, you know, when you hear billionaires give you financial advice, it's like, eh, they're on a different level, (laughs) like, they don't really understand your plight or your life, like, I have young children, I don't want to work that much, and I still need to to provide that, I want to take them to Disneyland, (laughs) you know, so I can't keep on sacrificing forever, you know, or even five, five years, you know, these days, five years is a long time, like, one year is a long time. so Thank you.
1: Okay. Let's be profitable every quarter. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, that's better. So that, so that we can experience it. And then one other thing I'd mention on that, I, I talking with a prospective customer a few months ago, and they're like, oh, no, we have this huge profile CPA firm that does everything. They're, they're dealing with multimillionaires and all this. And I'm like, you know, you really need to focus on someone who understands you, because for them... A five thousand dollar discrepancy is is just a, a rounding error. Mm-hmm. Five thousand dollars to you and me is five thousand dollars, and I want to know where that money went. Yeah, and so really find someone who aligns with the size of your business, not,
3: and, not and, the fantasy size of your business.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, just recently lost an employee, and she was talking about where where she where she went to work, and there was an eight thousand dollar rounding error. I'm like, that's not a rounding error. That's a mistake. Yeah. But when you're dealing with billions of dollars, the company doesn't want to pay that m- amount of money to f- find that they don't care. It's yeah, it we like were. our U.S. government, two point five trillion dollar debt ceiling. I mean, that's, that's significant five hundred billion. <laughs>
3: Oh well, you know so it'll be it, fine. It, I'm not it's trying to get political
1: is. on that, but it, I mean it's real mo- so it's real money so when so find someone that, that really wants to to make sure that you have accuracy in your numbers so that yes. you, you well, can- and it,
3: I, I think it is easy to get you know distracted by all the billionaires talking and all the millionaires talking and right. not to get political but you know in Congress there are there are millionaires in there and they think like I'm not making that much money. I only made two and a half million last year it's like that's
1: the two point
3: five. that would be a great goal yeah like oh you know compared to my billionaires I'm not rich and it's like okay I don't care <laughs> like the average family doesn't make you know a fraction of that and yeah. that's what what's real for them so no I, I love that because I think it, even for growing up like my big goal in high school was I wanted to, to launch a business and I wanted to sell it or you know take it public like that was always the dream and you know the the reality is you have to have a completely different mindset to grow a business like that versus like I just don't want to work for anybody, like those are those are different things. And I think most of us are the I don't want to work for anybody, or I'm the only person that can make this happen. But I'm still a person, and I have a family, and I have a personal life. I'm not going to sacrifice everything for 20 years to accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish. So I, I love that very very practical advice.
1: And and going back for for the solopreneurs, I mean Dave Ramsey. I, I love his zero dollar budget philosophy, so that every dollar have, and I would apply that same philosophy to your to your business as well, so that you're not just wasting dollars that don't have a place. Mm-hmm. So if if you want that eleven percent profit, take the profit and put it someplace, mm-hmm. so that so that it's just not cash sitting around there. Like, oh wait, hey, I can I can spend an extra $5,000 this month because there's $6,000 in my account. Cool. That could have been profit for you. That that you get to experience at the end of the quarter.
4: Hey, Ryan Dice here. And optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com.
3: So, just in terms of the savings side, because I know we, you know, we recently had a, a, uh, pandemic that led a lot of businesses to go out of business because they couldn't survive 30 days without cash. How do you say, you know, for them taking that profit and the saving part of it, like where should they put it?
1: So again, using the Profit First Mindset, the book by Mike McAllowitz, setting up those five accounts. So you have an income account, an OPEX account, an owner's pay account, a tax account, and then the profit account. And when we start with a client, we actually just say, let's keep it simple. We're, we're, go- we're going to set up a tax account because we want you to pay taxes. Because if you pay taxes, that means that the next account has money in it, which is profit. And so we, we all the income and ex- operating expenses go in that. But then we have a set amount that every two weeks we're looking at a cash report, how much cash came in. We know that 11% goes to to tax and 7% goes to to profit or whatever your numbers are. And we're doing that consistency. I remember meeting Mike back in San Jose at a QB Connect conference. And I'm like, Mike, I I love the thought process behind profit first, but it's not accounting. And you keep Mm -hmm. saying it's accounting. It's not. And I just couldn't get over that. And he's like, well, whatever it is, here's what I, here's what I challenge you to do. He goes, just put 5% or whatever you can aside. And so I did it. Next year, at the end of the year, there was $67,000 in this account. I'm like, holy freaking cow. My wife's like, what's this? I was like, that's called profit. She's like, well, what's it for? I'm like, it's, it's what the business made this year. I'm like, so she promptly took care of that. Um, <laughs> she allocated it. <laughs> she, she, allo- she allocated that for herself. But then I continued to do that, and so the next year, my kids are like, "I want to go on a Disney cruise," and not wanting to go, I said, "If we go, we're going. We're 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 not we're not sleeping on the bottom." Mm-hmm. So. We did the concierge. We did. I mean, I think my kids love awesome. the concierge lounge more than they did meeting the characters because the, they, they, the, the ladies in there were amazing, but the kids. That's awesome. But just having that mindset and, and I didn't grow my business exponentially. I cut costs because I was automatically taking money out of my bank account and putting it aside. And I was only putting like 11%. I mean, it wasn't a huge amount. But because now all of a sudden that money wasn't in my account, when something came up cool, like, hey, I do, can I afford this? The money wasn't there. And so I wasn't able to spend it because I have to log into a separate bank to see what was actually in my profit account, which it wasn't that important for me to buy. So I it the, the process works. And, and that's why we're such a huge believer in it because it works so well.
3: That's awesome. Well, I think, yeah, that, that would change a lot of people's lives. And it, it keeps the business going because it is it's right. one of those things where you, you could, yeah, you could push it for as long as you want and not be profitable and you know put everything back in the business. But if you're getting burnt out, eventually it's going to cause the business to either fail or it's going to cause you to not want to do it anymore, which is just a different type of failure, right? So I think, yeah, that's just that's just very, very helpful advice. And it's it's better than, you know, it is good to have those aspirational stories of the guy started with nothing in his garage and then he became a billionaire, and that's great for him. But for most of us it's it's just part of life. And so
1: the, the other book that really changed our mindset and, and before I started Profit First, we we heard about Margin by uh, Dr. Richard Swinson. And while the book goes into having margin across the entire gamut of your life. So the analogy I give is if you take your family to the Grand Canyon, you want your kids to experience Grand Canyon. But are you letting them walk all the way up and look straight down? Or are you keeping behind the fences that the Park said, park Service said, this is a safe view of seeing that. So the park said, here's a margin of safety between this point and and the cliff. And so many times in our, in our life with just working, not having that margin of, we, we work 60 hours. Now we're working 70 hours. We're not, we're not putting that or same thing with, with, with money, having that margin, having that safety net. So with us, we, we get our clients so that they have at least two months of payroll yeah. set aside. So when PPP hit, yes, there was some there was some hits, but we didn't have that. Luckily, then the funding came out and then we were able to get those. But they they didn't have that financial initial, oh, crap, I have to shut my doors tomorrow because there's no money to pay anybody. So I, I think that, that that book from Richard Swanson, Understanding Margin, will really help if, especially if you apply it to your finances and build up that safety net in in your in your accounts. That's awesome.
3: Well, I think that's, you know, like I said, a lot of excellent advice. And I think in terms of agency owners, you know, there there's a lot of emotional side that goes into it, especially when you're investing and, and learning about your, your client businesses. So I think applying it both to the agency side to improve your delivery, plus, you know, your personal life, and then also applying it to your clients is, you know, just a slam dunk all around. Uh, So in terms of your business, how can people, you know, use you and your services to to improve their agencies?
1: So, I mean, our, our goal is to help you understand the financial health of your business. So instead of being frustrated about your books, you can have peace of mind knowing that you understand your numbers. Instead of being confused about where your money's going, you can have clarity and know exactly what your money's doing. And instead of missing out on time with loved ones as you try to figure out your books, you can rest assured all is well and spend more time with the people that you love most. So we actually uh, created an ebook um, called 10 Ways to Profit. And if you go to 10waystoprofit.com, you can actually download that and it it does talk about your pricing it, it talks about quite a few of the things we talked about today but a few other things as well and then you from there you can actually join our newsletter as well where we constantly help people understand their numbers and and focus on being profitable awesome
3: and you know very timely i think this will probably come out in 2021 but if not it'll be the beginning of 2022 and i think an excellent objective for everyone involved is to you know start the year thinking about profits and see what difference it'll make if you have that little bit to spend, you know, and reward yourself for all the hard work you put in. So thank you so much, Ron. I think this has been super informative. And, you know, if anybody uh, wants to find out more, they can go to
1: to 10waystoprofit.com.
3: Excellent. Well, guys, check that out. This is Mark DeGrasse again with the Digital Marketer Podcast. Uh, Tune back in soon. We have lots of episodes coming out in the near future.